thank you for tuning in to the Fires of Revival podcast. It is my prayer that you are helped by the weekly ministry conversations and expositional teachings through Key Bible Passages. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast. And now for the episode. Good morning, everyone. Hopefully you're doing well. Um, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians 5. And I know last week we got back into our series, but we are taking a break again. Are you thinking, Colton, we, we took a break, we're back in it for a week, and we're taking a break again. What is going on? Uh, this week I just felt the Lord leading something a little different. I just a thought that's been on my mind since our revival this past week. And I will say, before you listen to this episode, I would challenge you to pause it, go back, listen to last week's interview with Ethan LaCroix. If you haven't, uh, that is the case. Now, if you have, continue to listen to this, obviously. But if you haven't, go listen to that. I think it'll play into this a little bit, and you'll see where it comes from. But one of the things that's really been on my mind for this past week, as I mentioned in the interview, uh, Brother LaCroix preached a message on Sunday night talking about eternity and how that life on earth is short. We don't have forever. But life in eternity will be forever, and that will be spent either with God in heaven or with the devils and the fallen angels and with Satan in hell with the other lost people as well. So we're all spending eternity somewhere. And the thing is this, eternity is forever. It's not a, oh, in a hundred years it's over, you served your sentence. No, it's forever. Uh, When I sit and think about that and think about forever and never ending, ever, 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 that almost hurts my brain just trying to process that, right? And it probably does yours as well. If you were to try that right now and pause this and just think about how time can never end. But that's what eternity is. And we're going to spend that foreverness, never ending, either in heaven or in hell. So if you're listening to this, we've been talking about salvation a lot recently. If you are not saved, if you realize, you know what, I'm lost. Colton, you talked about Christianity and trusting Christ and serving Jesus and placing your faith in him and all these different things, but I don't know who Jesus is. I don't know what those things are. I would challenge you to reach out to me. I would love to talk to you with the gospel. I have some books in my office that I give out to people. A book by Carrie Schmidt uh, called Done. Uh, what most religions won't tell you about the Bible, I won't tell you about Jesus and about heaven and about salvation, but the book is called Done. A short little book, kind of like an extended track, and I would love to send that to you in the mail. If you're listening and you have questions about salvation, please reach out to me. I would love to get that settled for you. And if you want to know where you can reach out to me, you can email me at <coughs> excuse me, cprater0823 at gmail.com. And I promise I will respond promptly on that. But C-P-R-A-T-E-R, then the number is 0823 at gmail.com. And if you have questions about salvation, I would love to answer those for you and get that settled for you today. Um, but again, the gospel is very simple. We need to recognize a few things this morning. Um, that first of all, God loves us. When God created Adam and Eve, He had a plan in mind. He did it because He loved us, and because He wanted it to have what's best for us. But the thing is, we messed it up. Adam and Eve sinned. They ate the fruit they were not supposed to. Because of that sin, we're all born sinners. The Bible says that through sin, uh, yeah, through sin entered one man, entered into Adam. Now all of us are sinners as well. We've all done things that are wrong, and we've done lots of those. I know I have. I'm guilty of that. Because of our sin, we are separated from God, meaning God is perfect, I am not. God cannot be around something imperfect. It would ruin His holy nature. So He is in heaven. We cannot go there. But God sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, to die on the cross to pay for our sin debt. But the awesome thing is this. He didn't stay dead. Every religion has had a founder. 
Every false group has had a founder, someone who started their religion, someone who claimed to be their God, but all of them died, just like Jesus, but all of them stayed dead, with the exception being Christ, the only one to rise again three days later, victorious over death, hell, and the grave, did that to defeat death, defeat hell, so that we could have a way to escape, and all we have to do is place our faith in him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 13, uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All you have to do is place your faith in him and ask the Lord to save you. And if you mean that prayer, again, it's not in the words we say, it's not a magic formula, but if you mean those things and you are placing your trust in him to take you to heaven, then friend, listening to this morning, you're saved. You are a part of the family of God. And that simply is the gospel in a nutshell. So again, if you're listening and you have questions about those things, you don't understand it, please, please reach out to the email address that I gave you and I would love to answer those questions for you. But again, living for eternity. So if you're saved, hopefully that's all of you listening this morning now. How do we live for that? We find our text in Ephesians 5. And I will go ahead and apologize to you guys. I've been having allergies, so if you could tell my voice isn't 100% and I keep swallowing or pausing for a second, it's because of drainage and just coughing and things like that. So please bear with me in that. But let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to read verses 14 through 18. The Bible says this, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You know, I love this passage. It's just short to the point, and it gives us a whole lot of things in just a few verses. The opening verse, verse 14. Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Uh, verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, life is short. Time is short. The Bible mentions in Ecclesiastes that the average person lives uh, 70 years, and, you know, if for reason of good health and God's blessing, 80 years. That seems like a long time. I'm 24 years old at the time I record this. And that seems a long ways away, but I'll tell you this, the older you get, it seems like life just flies by so much faster, and it really does. And you'll blink, and next thing you know, you're 30 years old. Next thing you know, you're 50. Next thing you know, you're 70, and then you're 80, and so forth. But life is short. The thing is, we're not guaranteed forever. Again, the average person lives to be about 75 to 80 years old, but there are many people who die younger. If you go to funeral homes, if you go to cemeteries, you'll find all kinds of gravestones that are filled with people that are 12, 13, 14 years old, 5 years old, even a few months. Newborn, you'll find older people that live to be 90. The point is this, we're not guaranteed forever. I like to think that I'm going to live to be, you know, 70 or 80 years old, but I'm not guaranteed that. You know, if God allowed, I could stop breathing right now and fall over and die, and same thing could be said of you. We are not guaranteed forever. It's a sobering thought. When I was talking to our evangelist, Brother LaCroix, one of the things we were talking about, he was talking about this after his message on eternity, and the thought that he said just really stuck with me. He said, you know, when we're at a funeral, he said, he said, this is, he said, maybe this is morbid, but this is a thought that comes to his mind. He said, when we're sitting at a funeral, I always think, who's going to be the next one in this room who's going to die? Think about that, right? When you go to a funeral and you see a loved one in a casket, look around at the audience and think, who's next? Is it going to be me? Is it my friend, my parents? Is it the person next to me? Is it somebody else? Somebody's going to die next. We are not guaranteed forever. We are all going to die. Unless the rapture takes place, all of us are going to die, be buried six feet in the ground, have a tombstone with our birth date, our death date, 
and all of those things on it. And that's going to be all of us. But life is short. So who are you living for? Are you living for God or are you living for the world? Because if you're saved here this morning, then you were bought with a price. You are a Christian. You are called out to live for God. But are you living that way? Are you living for the world? Are you causing all kinds of issues and doing things that are not pleasing to God? So live with eternity in mind. And as we do that, God will change our focus. Again, back in Ephesians chapter 4, he says in verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly. That means to walk carefully, to walk wisely. Not as fools, but as wise. The following verse, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So he's saying, look, because life is short, because we're not guaranteed forever, we're to redeem that time. We are to use it wisely and to walk wisely. Again, not as fools, but as wise. What is wisdom? Application of knowledge. Taking the knowledge of the Bible, taking what God gives you from his word and applying it. So meaning being not only a hearer of the word, but also a doer. And as we do that, that'll help us live with eternity in mind, realizing that, yeah, life is short, but we're going to spend forever somewhere. And what are we doing with that? Earthly life is short, but eternal life is forever. And you're going to spend it either in heaven or in hell. Let's go to one more passage. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want to show you a few of the verses, because this talks about to those who are saved. Because you may think, well, it's fine. I can live how I want. I've got heaven forever. And that is true. And God will still love you. And he still will love you just as much as he loves me and everybody else, whether you sin or not. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's look at verse 11 through 15. The Bible says this, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So in that text, he's talking to Christians, talking to those who were saved, and he's saying each of us are living for one of two things. He gives two groups. He says gold, silver, precious stones. Those are good things, right? Those are very valuable things. If you have gold, gold is valuable. Silver isn't as valuable as gold, but it's still pretty valuable. Uh, precious stones, different sapphires, rubies, pearls, diamonds. Those are very valuable things. You go to a jewelry store and they have a piece of jewelry with a diamond in it. It's going to be worth several thousand dollars. If you have a gold band, suddenly that band is worth a lot more if it were just a piece of metal. Right? Those are things that are valuable and they can withstand a fire. You can't set those things on fire. that They'll withstand it. But then he gives the second group, wood, hay, stubble. Wood is flammable, right? If you have a wooden house and you set it on fire, it's going to burn. If you have hay, you ever worked with farming and things like that, hay is very flammable. All it takes is a little spark and you burn down an entire barn with hay because it's very flammable. And then stubble. That's just useless little things that mean nothing, little pieces of grass, little stubble of ground. So what he's saying is all of our works are either going to be in the category of wood, hay, stubble, or the gold, silver, precious stones. And it really shows us two very different things. Right? Wood is valuable. It is. If you build a house out of wood, wood's expensive. But in a fire, it burns up. It doesn't last. So the thought of this is what the things we are doing for this world are either going to last in eternity or they're not. The things you were doing for God are either going to last and have an eternal impact or they're going to be wasted forever. Think about this. Hey, listeners, if you have a job, let's just assume the job you have, you work until you die. So if you're stuck at a fast food restaurant, you've got that for the rest of your life. And you work at this job and you put the next 40 years of your life into it, and you die. Within a week, your employer, yeah, he's sad, 
but he's putting a hired sign up, a, a help wanted sign, and your job is going to get replaced by somebody. If I move on from my job, I'll get replaced by somebody else. And it's true. And the things that we think are worth so much are not. Eternal life is forever. The rewards that we can earn in heaven, again, that does not save us. Those rewards are not for our salvation. They're not for those. We can earn crowns in heaven to cast at Christ's feet. But the things we do are either going to have an eternal impact for God or they're going to be worth absolutely nothing. Again, verse 13, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it, meaning God is going to show your work. We're going to stand in heaven at the judgment seat and he's going to show your work off. And it's going to be tried by fire. And the fire shall dry every man's work of what sort it is. Verse 14, and if any man's work abide or stay, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So if the things you've done for eternity last, and they withstand the fire and God's testing, you'll be rewarded for that. Verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Meaning you'll realize you wasted a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy on nothing. But he himself shall be saved. Meaning you're not going to lose your salvation. But I love this last phrase. It's very convicting. Yet so as by fire. Meaning, yeah, you're going to survive the fire, and you're going to be fine, and you're going to be in heaven But when we look and and Christ looks at the rewards and the things you've done for him, he's nothing. It's just you. You're the only thing that's survived, the only thing that's lost, the only thing that's there. And I really believe there's going to be a lot more Christians in that category than I think they even realize it. And that's a sobering thought, is that I'm going to stand in heaven one day, and God is going to try my works. And they're either going to last or they're going to burn. And if they last, I give it to God and is to praise him. If they're burned, I have nothing. And that's a convicting idea, convicting thought to think about, that to be saved, yet so as by fire. That's why I love verse 16 after that. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God God dwelleth in you. So we need to realize that God lives in us. We are the temple of God, and we are to honor God with our life. We are to live for Him. As we do that, God will bless us. You know, I have a few quotes in my office. I'll look at these very quickly here and read them to you. And I put these up above my desk, so when I'm doing work or when I leave the office, I see these three quotes. But two of them I'll mention specifically here. Uh, and these two quotes I read every morning, every afternoon when I see it. And it's meant to remind me of a few things. One is by Jim Elliott, a hero of mine. And the quote is this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And it's true. You know, you can spend your entire livelihood on a lot of money. You can work really hard, get a nice vehicle, a nice house, but you can't take those to heaven with you. When you die, somebody's buying your house, somebody's getting your car, somebody's getting your money. You cannot take that to heaven with you. Why? Because those are not eternal things. But if you live for eternity in mind and win souls to Christ and lead others to be more like the Lord, and you're making an eternal impact, those rewards, those fruit, that fruit that has been won, that has been earned, that has been planted and grown, you will have an impact of that eternity and you will experience reward as a result of that. The other quote I have is by Jonathan Edwards. And it's one of his resolutions, and I would encourage you after this episode to look at Jonathan Edwards' resolution. Just Google that. And this young man, between the ages of 18 and I think it's 22 or 25, wrote down about 70 or 90 or so resolutions that he made it his goal to live out. And he would read these every morning. He would take about 30 minutes to an hour and read these resolutions as he was having his devotions. And he would remind himself, you know, Jonathan, I've got to live these out. And then he would ask God to help him. He would spend time in prayer saying, Lord, help me to realize these resolutions are serious and help me to live for you. And I'll read this to you. It says this, 
resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Now, the sound was kind of cutting out. That's because I had to turn to my sign to read the sign there. But again, resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Imagine you have one hour left and your life is over. We would be living it a lot differently, wouldn't we? Reminds me of a story I read the other day. I teach senior English, and we were reading a story uh, called Dr. Faustus and by Christopher Marlowe. It's a great story. I really like it. It's about a man who sold his soul to the devil. And in this story, um, Satan gives him a fallen angel that will serve him, do whatever he wants. Um, Mephistopheles, I think is how you say it. I'm probably butchering the name, but Mephistopheles is his name. And this angel serves him, does whatever he wants. If he wants him to go rob a bank, do something terrible, he'll do it. If he wants him to shapeshift another person or an animal, he can do that for him. And he can time travel, do all kinds of really crazy things. Right? And he gets all of these things, becomes very wealthy, very rich, gets everything he wants. But the catch was, in 24 years, he has to do whatever Satan tells him to do. At the end of 24 years, time comes up, and he realizes life is short. And he realizes he has the last hour left. And in his last hour, he tries hiding where Satan can't find him and it doesn't work out. And he ends up losing his life, getting cast into hell at the end of those 24 years. His life was not forever. And he was living for things that ultimately did not matter. And many of us that are doing that, I'm not saying you're selling your soul to Satan and those kind of things. But think about the life that you're living and ask yourself, am I doing the right thing or am I not? And if you're not, ask the Lord to give you the strength and the wisdom to make the right decisions and do the right things and live for eternity and live with eternity in mind. Because again, life is short. We're not guaranteed forever. It makes me wonder, thinking of the funeral thought, who's listening to this today who's going to die next? Who is listening to the podcast right now that your last breath is going to be breathed today or tomorrow or in a few weeks? So keep that in mind. So the challenge today is this. Live with eternity in mind. Live eternally minded, realizing that life is very short. It's but a vapor in James. It says that <coughs> it's here for a moment and gone the next. Have you ever been out in a cold morning and you exhaled the oxygen in your lungs and you watched and you can see that clear little the little film there, the white film, the vapor come out of your mouth and within a split second it's gone. He's, James is saying our life is just like that. That's what God is teaching us. Life is short and we need to Number our days and be wise with that. Again, Ephesians 5, 16. Life is short, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Walking circumspectly, walking wisely, and living as a wise man. So hopefully today was a help to you and a blessing. Uh, it's something that's just been in my heart for these last few days, and really I just wanted to share it with you guys. So my heart and my prayer is that you'll take this and live with eternity in mind. Follow the principles of Ephesians 5, 1 Corinthians 3. And ask the Lord to help you live with eternity in mind. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what it means to us. Thank you for its encouragement and its blessing and its help in our lives. And Father, I pray that you'll just give us the strength that we need to live for you today. Help us to live with eternity, Father, in the forefront of our brains and our thoughts. And just asking ourselves, what would you do in this situation, Father? And then living that out. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen.